0: The show that warned you about. That's right, it's the Dr. Tommy Show. Welcome back. Joining you from the Free State of Florida, where we are the only married concierge medicine husband and wife team in Tampa. We can say that.
1: Yeah, we can. I never thought about that. Yeah.
0: That's what diff- differentiates us from all the others. We're married, and we're the only ones that work here. Welcome back, uh, Free State of Florida, Echelon Health Studios in Tampa, Florida. And speaking of husband married uh, teams, here's a uh, South Park had this on about Harry and Megan recently. This is a uh, they went on the Good Morning America, Good Morning Canada show.
2: Toronto. It's Good Morning Canada. It has been several months now since our beloved queen has died. Our Canadians are finding it hard to go on. Our Canadians that is, except for our first guest, the prince and his wife. We privacy! We want privacy! privacy. Thanks for having us on the show. It's so awesome to be here, it's great. So, let me start with you, sir. You've lived a life with the royal family, you've had everything handed to you, but you say your life has been hard, and now you've written all about it in your new book, Wah. Yes, that's right, friend. You see, my wife and I are totally like you should write a book, because your family like stupid, and then so are like journalists. (laughs) So you hate journalists. That's right. And now you wrote a book that reports on the lives of the royal family. Right. So you're a journalist. We just want to be normal people. All this attention is so hard. Isn't it true, sir, that your questionable wife has her own TV show and hangs out with celebrities and does fashion magazines? What are you suggesting? Well, I just think some people might say that your Instagram-loving bitch wife actually doesn't want her privacy. How dare you, sir! My Instagram-loving bitch wife has always wanted her privacy! And you know what else? To hell with Canada! We are leaving! We'll go find some quiet place where we can be normal people. Come on, wife. We want privacy. We want (laughs) privacy.
0: Yep. That's funny. And then they are, we saw their documentary on Netflix the other day. We didn't see it. We saw it listed. Right. I was thinking, my God, I talked about this before, but what a waste of his life. Mm -hmm. I mean, Harry is a royal. That's it. He has no skills. He has no trade. She doesn't have a trade. Obviously she's a unemployed actress was in some type of show called Suits, I think. She also was was on a game show.
1: Oh, I thought she was the voice. Uh, I mean, she was the voice for... um, On something, like maybe an animated type of Maybe, but anyway, she's
0: not like a big star. This is not going to... And then to go out and start trashing their only way to make a living. It's amazing.
1: Well, it's terrible, too. So she doesn't have a relationship, apparently, with her family. And now... Now she's... They don't... he Not with his family either. Estranged
0: him. Well, you can't blame, you can't say it's only her because he went along. Right. But either way...
1: I mean, we don't know what happens behind the scenes, but still, I don't man, know. Man,
0: what a screw up. And then they want their privacy.
1: Yes, they want their privacy, but they... While they write
0: books and documentaries. Yes. Stupid.
1: And go uh, on. Who Now, they went on a talk show recently too, right? Was I don't it,
0: know. I think they talked to Oprah at one point. Yeah. Yeah, they talked to Oprah because she lives by them, apparently. this interesting thing I was reading. Uh, Did you, I didn't know this, and and, and this is certainly shocking information, but Dr. Fauci has signed on to an article now that basically is throwing RNA RNA virus, um, RNA vaccines under the bus.
1: How could he do that?
0: Especially since he has been the cheerleader for RNA vaccines. This is from David Horowitz, or sorry, Daniel Horowitz on the Conservative Review. It says, as FDA prepares to roll out RSV flu shots, Fauci concedes they're not ready for prime time. So they're trying to roll out these RSV and flu shots on an mRNA platform. Okay. And so Fauci has apparently signed on to this article that came out in a a paper, I'm sorry, in a journal called Cell last month. And it says, um, it's probably the most impactful story ignored by the media in recent weeks. Fauci co-authored an academic paper in Cell last month, along with... All the senior, oh sorry, along with the senior scientific advisor of NIAID, absolutely dumping on just not coronavirus vaccines, but all respiratory vaccines. It says, first, authors concede that flu vaccines are often only 14% effective and never have improved over the years. Quote, after more than 60 years of experience with influenza vaccines, very little improvement in vaccine prevention has, of infection has been noted. They go on to admit that the vaunted COVID shots are in the same boat. Deficiencies in these vaccines reminiscent reminiscent of influenza vaccines have become apparent. The vaccines for these two very different viruses have common characteristics. They ex- elicit incomplete and short-lived protection. Now, how about that? So the whole COVID cult, I, th- I would say, has been built on the vaccine. The whole COVID uh theocracy the whole covid regulatory regime the whole everything about how to treat covid has been built on the vaccine because you everything that you do must be predicated on you getting the vaccine first
1: well maybe he's not getting any um special funding anymore too now that
0: he's retired yeah and now he's ready to spill the beans who knows isn't this shocking though yes i find this information shocking yes it says, remember to this very day, we have children being kicked out of daycares, people being denied organ transplants, and hospital workers losing their jobs on account of a premise that Fauci quite blatantly admits was false all along.
1: I'm not surprised. I didn't trust Fauci to, from the very beginning. A little rat.
0: Yeah, but you, you would think that he would have the sense not to go out and, and so author publicly, a paper. Right. You know, he's not... This wasn't leaked information in some type of... Uh, private email to someone. He published this in a paper.
1: Well, it doesn't make sense, though. It
0: doesn't make sense, does it? But like you said, maybe the funding dried up. Maybe the hush money dried up. Who knows?
1: I don't know, though. I mean, what? why does he think this now?
0: Well, he probably thought it all along. The question is, is why did he not say it before when he was on TV telling us that we have to get these vaccines if we want to move forward with our life. If we want to be able to join civilized society again, we have to do these vaccines.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the real question is why, why now? because he's probably known this the whole time. Right. It's just like when he first came out, he said, you know, when he had the first interview about masks, they asked him, should we wear masks for a coronavirus vac- outbreak? And, in a, uh, a sudden, uh, uh, a one-off honest moment. He said, no, they're useless. Hmm. He said in a respiratory pandemic, masks are useless, essentially, for everyday use. And yet that became, like, along with, it's like the three-tiered well, then,
1: stool. But then two years later, double mask.
0: Right, triple mask. It was, you know, the, the three-tiered stool or the three-legged stool of uh, the COVID theocracy was get your vaccine, wear your mask. And what else?
1: A uh, Social distance. Social
0: distance. Six feet. Viruses can't go six feet.
1: I know. Five feet, they're on you. We were just talking the other day, remember we were um laughing about uh when we would go to grocery stores, you know, you had to walk the you know, yeah. one way down this one
0: aisle. Way,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Traffic had to all and and be the And then people
0: the same. would yell at you for going the wrong way.
1: Yeah, they'd let you know.
0: Remember that time we were in the Walmart and the kid told you. Pull your mask over your nose.
1: Yeah, this kid was like probably 16 years old.
0: And we used to go to SeaWorld and we'd be walking around in Busch Gardens and these little punks would be like, pull your mask over your face. Yeah. You're going to kill us all. So annoying. I was reading, I was listening to Clay and Buck yesterday and, and hat tip to Clay and Buck because that's where I heard this uh, South Park thing. But anyway, um, they were saying about how, no, it, wasn't, it was Dennis Praker. That's what it was. One of the two. Anyway, they were saying that the the generation that is most fearful of covid to this day is the younger generation and someone asked the person they said well what do you think would happen if you got covid and they said oh, i would go to the hospital for sure for sure i'd go to the hospital they've been deceived essentially into thinking this
1: well we, we also know that they're stupid Honestly, this. The well, they lack.
0: Kids. They lack. What they do is they lack uh, experience in life.
1: Right. Not all these kids. I'm not saying everyone is stupid, but I just showed you the video the other day. They cannot even tell time.
0: Right. 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 They showed an analog clock, and these kids were saying it was like the ham was. It was like three ten.
1: They had no idea. And
0: the, they were saying all kinds of stuff.
1: No idea. Now even Kaylee, I'll have to tell her. Uh, Kaylee, what time is it? And then she wants to run and look at the digital. Right. No, Kaylee, read the clock right. here in this room.
0: It's really uh, amazing what they've done with the kids' education. You know, between not, like the other day when I was helping her with her math, there was a question It was like, subtract, the angle was 42 and 38. You had, she had to find the difference. Mm-hmm. She got her calculator out. I said, put your calculator away. Mm-hmm. You don't need a calculator to do that math. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Just stop and think mm-hmm. for one second, and you can quickly discern that it's not necessary to use a calculator. Right. But they teach them this stuff. And at the same time, they teach them um, that you don't have to do, write cursive. Cursive's irrelevant. I mean, of, of the one thing that you could spend your time teaching a child, why not teach them to be able to write their signature
1: a patient just told me yesterday how he's not good at writing in cursive though he was taught you know but he's not good at it he has dyslexia and he said that writing in cursive everyone should want to do it because it's romantic which I've never heard anyone say that before but you know regular print is boring and to be able to write in cursive yeah it really the stylus right is stylish right Right. He you, said he would love to sit under a tree and write in cursive and just, you know, write all these thoughts in his mind. Yeah. It'd be so cool. But because of his you know dyslexia, he can't do it. Yeah. You know, he has a hard time. A, but writing a cursive, I, we just we always wrote in cursive. So I think nothing of it when I'm writing a cursive.
0: Yeah, I do, too. But the kids now, they don't taught that. And yeah. I looked into this before. And of course, the root of it was is there was some reason that it wasn't done. It was a common core thing. And you can thank all the big government Republicans for Common Core, uh, going back to Jeb Bush even when he was at Florida, and governor of Florida. One of the main things he did when he left the governorship was to become like a big Common Core person. It's like corporatist uh, education. Anyway, Common Core, that was written in the Common Core that we don't need cursive anymore. And in the reasoning for it, there was something to do with, you know, the cis patriarchy or something, you know, some mm-hmm. something like that. It was something to do with, It was basically politically incorrect to write in cursive. I don't know. It's it's insanity. But at the same time, they say that they have to have room. They they get rid of cursive teaching because it's not necessary anymore because we type so much. So we can learn more important things like, you know, transgenderism or whatever. (laughs) I was listening to these guys on the radio local Tampa radio, and they were talking about uh, Ron DeSantis and how he was so uh, wrong to oppose this. AP course in African American history that taught about queer black history mm-hmm. and everything. It's so funny how people twist things. I don't even know if they twist them or they just read it and they're told what to think and mm-hmm. they automatically think it without thinking. I think, I think it may be both.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they didn't get the whole story.
0: Right. They never said, okay, why did he ban it? Mm-hmm. Was it because, because here's the story from, from CNN, for instance, Governor DeSantis bans African American history because he's a racist. Hmm. That's the reason he hates African Americans. Therefore, he bans African American history. That's it. And then these people go out and repeat it,
1: right? They, right? They don't. They just. They might not even read the story. They don't. Well, might, they might not know. You know, we, well, we know yeah. that if you read CNN, that's going to be the story. Yeah. But if you're really interested in it, check a few different sites. Read, you know, research it. Well, you know, dig deep into it when
0: you when you talk about people like that on CNN or wherever, you think, well, these guys are smart, these guys are learned, these guys are reporting the news, and then you read this headline from the Blaze: Chris Cuomo says he was so upset about being fired from CNN he was going to quote kill himself, kill everybody, and myself. That's great. These are the kind of stable individuals who are out there, the thought leaders. So Chris Cuomo and his buddy uh, Don Lemon. Were the guys who were telling the CNN viewers every day uh, that Donald Trump was a, a Russian uh, spy and everything else, it just shows you the depth of their intellect. Mm-hmm. As this guy is so unhinged that he was going to kill himself and everybody because he got fired from his job. Isn't that crazy? Yeah,
1: but he was fired, though. It was deserving. And he knows that it was deserving. Yeah. I mean, so, and he has another job lined up. I mean, he was to kill everyone else because yeah. he was
0: fired. It's just weird, though, to even say that, to admit that. You shouldn't admit that. You should. De-
1: yes, yeah, so if, if you have crazy thoughts like that, yeah. keep it to yourself.
0: He was talking to Anthony Scaramucci, who was the uh, former White House communications director for Donald Trump for like seven days. And he said that, uh, and I really had to fight against that because, you know, like, just like you did, I got so many people counting on me. He's talking about when he got fired, I guess. I've learned I had to accept it. I had to accept it because I was going to kill everybody, including myself. Things can consume you. And then he says this. Italians are so passionate. So he throws Italians under the bus for his homicidal, suicidal (laughs) thoughts. Who's
1: counting on him? I know that his family is counting on him and maybe some friends. But isn't that the way it is for everyone? Yeah. Most everyone has family and friends. Is he referring to his audience as counting on him?
0: Probably. Probably. He probably felt like that there was people, are, people around waiting for Chris Cuomo to come on. And then somebody else came on. They're like, oh, where's Chris? Where's uh, maybe Chris? They, and maybe they and were and jumping off probably, buildings. It
1: probably is the case to some extent. You know, people like him, I'm sure. But, um, oh, no, I'm not a fan of Chris Cuomo. But just or his brother. But, and I think that both both brothers got what they deserved.
0: Yeah, finally.
1: Things do happen. Things come around.
0: Just like we were talking about the other day, sometimes it comes around in fast forward motion.
1: Yes, <laughs> eventually though, your sometimes it takes a while, up with you.
0: Sometimes it comes fast at you, so <laughs> fast. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know this whole thing though about believing the the press and believing the experts and everything. You remember Hunter Hunter's Biden's laptop? You ha- know? Yes, we know. We and then and remember how the media covered it immediately saying it was Russian disinformation. Right. And then they went out and got these 51 former intelligence agency members, or they call them the intelligence community. Listen to this. This is from the gateway pundit. This says former DNI and liar. James Clapper says he never called Hunter Biden's laptop Russian disinformation. It says the New York post cover says it all spies who lie. And they talk about how, uh, the New York post, uh, had a story that said basically that James Clapper uh, was calling this Russian disinformation. Well, now that it's come out now that basically Biden admits Hunter Biden admits his laptop. Mm-hmm. He was saying, no, we never said that. We said it could be.
1: I'm sure that there's a report where, or a video where he is saying that.
0: Yes. He says he now suggests it was uh, says James Clapper now says he never suggested that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. He says he just he just said it could be it could well, be. well it doesn't really matter
1: nothing's going to happen with that anyway. It says I'm tired of reading I don't even read those headlines anymore I'm over it uh, Hunter Biden oh, yeah. uh, Joe Biden Joe Biden's brother
0: but they, 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 know, they keep they, coming they keep coming they're never going to be uh, prosecuted though
1: no nothing they just I keep reading these headlines but nothing happens this is what Clapper's meanwhile saying. we have the FBI showing up at our patient's home. Yes. For, you know, something stupid that she didn't even do, take part in, the FBI.
0: Listen to this. It says, all we were doing was trying to raise a yellow flag that said this could be Russian disinformation. Politico deliberately distorted what we said. So anyway, so yeah. So this is what these guys uh, are concerned about, covering uh, Hunter Biden's ass. And then, like you said, we had a patient recently, two patients, who were contacted by the FBI.
1: right. They wanted if were they participants of the January sixth riot.
0: And one of them got visited, right?
1: Yeah, one had to hire an attorney to get the FBI off her back
0: because they kept calling her. Yes. What is wrong with our country?
1: And she did not attend. I mean, she's a sixty-five-year-old woman.
0: Even if she had attended, is it illegal to attend rallies now? Apparently so.
1: I mean, she's a sixty-five-year-old sweet lady, her and her husband, but. She did I donate. do know she told me that she donated a couple thousand dollars to Governor Ron DeSantis.
0: Yes. Yes. And for that, you get a visit from Hoover's Boys, apparently. Yes. We may be getting a visit from Hoover's Boys. I
1: know. Well, I was thinking this when I was talking to the patient, and he was telling me this story. It made me think, I'm glad that we are, we got to make sure, you know, all of, we always pay our taxes. Yeah. We do what we're supposed Even to like do. You, Even
0: like, you, like we say, you know, sometimes it's just like, should we use a card for this? No.
1: Right. We have to, they say, you know, dot your I's and cross yeah. your T's for everything. I don't
0: care if it's $2. I'm not going to do it. I know some people do kind of push the boundaries into that. I'm not.
1: Well, you know. About whenever, using
0: their business to cover for things that aren't business? Oh, hell no. Never. No right. Way.
1: Well, whenever Patience is a lawyer, he said, um, he said to me that as long as you, you know, they're not going to look through it, if, you know, your taxes with a fine tooth comb, and as long as your taxes are about the same yeah.
0: every year, you didn't go from making, you know, a uh, uh, five hundred thousand to twenty million over one right, year, right?
1: Right. Then you're you're going to be okay. But anyway, still, I want to make sure that uh, we do everything by the books.
0: But these guys, these James Clapper and, and Chris Cuomo, they helped to shape an election for some people, because some people turned in and they saw Chris Cuomo reporting on what James Clapper had to say mm-hmm. and believed it, just like they believed Dr. Fauci when he said, get this vaccine, it's going to save your life. And then all three of these guys. oh later, Do you know how
1: many hashtags I see in Fauci? Vac- Fauci uh, hashtag Fauci. Hashtag Fauci vaccine. You know, people yeah. were like, you know, gung-ho for Dr. Fauci. Yeah. Um, and people took his advice.
0: Yeah. And then these, there's all kinds of stuff about these COVID shots that we're learning now. It says that the uh, numerous shots may tamp down the T cell responses. This is back from this article from uh, Daniel Horowitz. So apparently, the more shots that you get of a certain uh, COVID vaccine, the more your T cell response goes down.
1: Well, unfortunately, though, you know we have some patients. I think the majority of patients have probably three, right? Three vaccines. Um, but I know that in order to travel you had to get those boosters. Yes. You know, you had no way around it. Even if you had high levels of antibodies. Yes. From your vaccines and or maybe, uh, you know, a post-infection, they still wanted you to get the vaccine.
0: This is about, this is not T-cell about the COVID. This is T-cell, this is about the flu shots. Okay, so now what they're trying to do is they're trying to make the flu shots and RSV shots on an mRNA platform.
1: What's wrong with the way they are now?
0: Because there's no cash in it, I guess.
1: I mean, they, uh, people get flu shots. I, I know, mean, but this is brand get,
0: new, so you can charge more for it. It's a brand new vaccine.
1: I mean, there's a lot of people who faithfully get their flu vaccine every year.
0: It says, numerous flu shot studies warn about the shots tamping down the T-cell responses and making people more vulnerable to infection. Listen to this. Moderna's clinical trial of COVID shots for babies seem to be associated with a dramatic increase in RSV cases, which seemed to play out globally during the off-season surge of RSV in the summer of 2021 and early fall of 2022.
1: I need to research more about RSV. I thought, I remember anyway, when I worked in pediatrics years ago that RSV vaccines were only for those um, like babies that were preemies or were uh, born with lung conditions. I didn't think that RSV was given to every single infant. I don't
0: think it is. I don't think it is. Anyway. That, this. Uh, but this, uh, this article is troubling because it shows that Fauci knew a whole lot more than what he's let on that he knew, and then he just just pretended like none of this existed, none of this knowledge that he had existed. You know, there's this thing about, you know, which is, which is what I explained to patients too. It talk. He talks about in this article about, he says, we must think outside the box to make next generation vaccines. This is from the article cell and cell. We must think outside the box to make next generation vaccines that elicit immune protection against viruses that survive in human populations because of their ability to remain significantly outside of the full protective reach of human innate and adaptive immunity so what he's talking about is these uh these viruses can mutate quickly so you can't have immunity to something that's changing right it's, you know it's mutating so rapidly you can't have immunity built up to it and they're saying well we have to make vaccines that can do that but you can't always right. beat f- nature
1: Right. well we know that about the flu vaccine we know that it's always an estimate yeah you know they are predicting what kind of what strain is going to be there, you know, the following flu season. So it's never been one hundred percent effective. It's yeah, always been fifty to sixty percent effective.
0: It's like the society we live in is so, so desirous of having a medication or a treatment for everything that exists. Well,
1: that's absolutely
0: true. And if it, even if it, even if they admit here that look, we can't even do it. Even the human body, human body can't produce immunity to this. Mm-hmm. But we're going to try to find a vaccine that can.
1: Yeah, exercise. Which we need to do, by the way: exercise, eat healthy. Those two things alone will help keep you healthy. Now, you yeah. you can still get COVID. Obviously, you can still get the flu, but wash your hands, exercise, eat healthy. Those things will help you stay healthy. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, I haven't got the flu shot. I don't know when. Maybe when I was pregnant with Olivia. But I'm not. I'm not one to get the flu vaccine for myself or my or, the, or for the kids every year. I feel like if you do that every year how can you possibly protect yourself ever from the flu yeah if you get a flu vaccine every single year yeah and then let's say one year you're not able to get it for whatever reason i feel like you're more likely just to just get hit with it big time and hard
0: yeah listen to what this says it says despite everything we're seeing about respiratory vaccine or sorry respiratory viral vaccines failing and mRNA not staying in the shoulder muscles. The FDA has granted Moderna, quote, breakthrough therapy designation for its RSV mRNA shot. This is a status usually granted for targeted treatment for deadly ailments that allows the FDA to speed up approval process. Yet it is now being used for a virus that's been around for decades and with a biological platform that everyone agrees has just failed. Pfizer and G- uh, Glasgow smith also have RSV shots in the pipeline and both Moderna and Pfizer have mRNA flu shots likely to be released later this year. They just want to push it through. It doesn't matter if it works, if it doesn't work. It's new. It's profitable. We want it. And the FDA is saying we're here to play ball, apparently.
1: And people will flock to get it.
0: Just like I was telling a patient earlier today. These, these companies pay the FDA money, their fees, to test their, their drugs out. And so there's a symbiotic relationship between the FDA and these drug companies where the drug company says, look, we have this new drug that we want to have approved. And the FDA says, fine, give us a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. We'll test it. As I forgot what the fees are called, but they're, they're user fees, basically. The FDA says, look, if you want us to test your drug, we're not going to just test it for free. We need to be paid. So they pay them a billion dollars because they know then they can turn around and get FDA approval <laughs> and sell it for $10 billion. So they're going to make $9 billion. It's a, it's a win-win situation. Right. And that's why they're so eager, I think, to push these drugs through. Despite like what Horowitz has raised here, the problems of the mRNA not staying in the muscle, the problems of them not working at all because mm-hmm. of what Fauci's article just wrote, what he wrote in his article. It's crazy. Yeah, It's really crazy. There used to be people that were against drug companies. Now drug companies are seen as like uh, angels essentially, I know. I mean, remember you, back when drug companies people were s- skeptical of them?
1: Yes, I mean, they blocked them from most medical offices, they didn't want their reps to come in and talk right. about their drugs.
0: Right now, they're just best friends, isn't that amazing how that works? Yeah, what a difference a few billion dollars can make. Uh, this is interesting. I was reading this, this is from a something called cheat sheet.com. It says, Taylor Sheridan was so insulted by the suits behind Sons of Anarchy, he made a decision that would change his life forever. So Taylor Sheridan is the creator, uh, co-creator of Yellowstone Mm -hmm. and the creator of 1883 and the creator of 1923 and the creator of Tulsa King and the creator of uh, Mayor of Kingstown and the screenwriter for uh, Wind River, I think, and the screenwriter for uh, something else. Anyway, hell or high water. So Taylor Sheridan's like this hot commodity, but he used to be an actor.
1: Mm, I didn't know that, um, the Sons of Anarchy, I didn't know that he was in that.
0: So he was an actor in Sons of Anarchy. He, had mm-hmm. a, he was a, as a police officer. And he says that, uh, basically he was on this show and he was getting paid very little. And they, they told him, you know, basically, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to, uh, make any more money. So he said, you know what the hell with you guys. It says, uh, The Texas native explained that Holly was telling him that a career in front of the camera wasn't going to happen. He says the son of anarchy execs were offering him what he thought was a very unfair wage. It was less than virtually every other person on the show and not enough for me to quit my second job. So the business affairs attorney, who I won't name here, uh, told told my attorney, look, there's kids on the Cartoon Network making more than you're offering this guy. This guy goes, I know you're right, and he probably deserves to make more, but we're not going to pay him more because guess what? He's not worth more. That's what he's worth. There's 50 of them. He's number 11 on the call sheet. That's what this guy is, and that's all he'll to be. That's all he's ever going to be. And that's really when I quit. It wasn't so much over money. It was so much more than how the business saw me. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but he he obviously likes it a little bit because he did um, do some acting in Yellowstone.
0: Well, he says that he acts on Yellowstone only, well, he says it's here. He says it later in the article that he just does it when he, when no one else can do it. He says that he he needs to do it whenever, like if they needed someone to be like someone who's really good on a horse. Mm -hmm. There's no other actors that, because he was, he's a cowboy in part or, or by training. I've read that in some other one. Anyway, he was saying that basically the reason that he does it is because he has. Oh, here's the only reason I'm in front of the camera playing the horse trainer, Travis, is because I grew up on a ranch riding horses. There's just not another actor there, actor out there who could do those things on a horse. But he was in 1883 and he wasn't riding a horse special. He was some type of a Mm -hmm. frontiersman. So,
1: yes, we need to catch up on 1923.
0: We only have two episodes down.
1: Right. And then the summer Yellowstone Will come out, right? Yellowstone Part 2.
0: I think in somewhere, yeah.
1: And then after... So two more episodes of 1923 and that's it? We're done?
0: No, no, no. We've only done two episodes. Oh,
1: how many are there?
0: I don't know. Ten maybe?
1: Oh, gosh. Eight?
0: I don't know. I'm just not that into 1923 as much as the others.
1: Hmm. I like them.
0: Yeah. I guess they're all right. Nobody's been killed yet.
1: Well, I know you like to see... Well, they did
0: hang some cowboys.
1: Right. I know you are all about...
0: One of, my favor- one of my favorite uh, episodes or scenes from all those Yellowstone universe is in 1883 when Billy Bob Thornton was that sheriff. Mm-hmm. Remember? And some yes. guys had come into the camp where Tim McGraw mm-hmm. and his family were staying and they shot up some people. Yes. And then they went into town and they were looking for these people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they went and met the local sheriff and Billy Bob Thornton's in there. And he just says, uh, all right, well, let's go find them. So they go down there and he says... He points him out, and Billy Bob just shoots him on sight. <laughs> but that apparently was a real sheriff in history.
1: Oh, that yeah, that guy
0: who who is playing. So yeah, was, I
1: mean, I the killing is fine. I Me, mean, I don't care. But, um, yeah,
0: well, men and women are different. That's why there's oxygen network and everything else. My dad lifetime. used to say. My dad used to say that that women love drama. You know those shows. Mm-hmm. He says all those shows are always about some. It's
1: true. My sister encouraged me to watch. um, Oh, gosh, no, I can't even remember the name. You're telling me. Amsterdam. Yeah. And New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam. Yes. And it's about a hospital in New York and it's a public hospital. They treat everyone regardless of insurance, Mm -hmm. regardless of how much money they have. And it is definitely drama. It's kind of like ER. But it's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, when I was sick, well, we had this, we all had that stomach virus. I think I watched 13 episodes in one day. Wow.
0: That's real binging.
1: Well, I thought I'm going to go ahead and watch season one.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's it. You know, I'll watch season one and maybe I'll move on to two, depending on how I like season one. So I'm watching season one and I just, you know, how it keeps playing the Mm -hmm. next one. So then I'm like, how many episodes are in season one? So I look, 22.
0: Oh, wow. Who puts
1: 22 episodes in one season?
0: They used to do that on network shows. Well, that is a network show, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, that's why. Network shows have more seasons.
1: 22 episodes. So anyway, I have not watched it again. So I only watched it one day and they're great. But I'm afraid if I start watching it again, that's going to, you know, I'm going to waste an entire day. The only reason why I started watching it is because I was in bed Mm -hmm. sick. But I'll have to wait maybe until hopefully I don't get sick again. But if I do, I might have to watch the other, you know. Yeah. nine episodes
0: yeah network shows have more se- more episodes than like these streaming
1: and there's only two seasons but uh, i haven't looked season two i'm assuming probably has just as many
0: probably but yeah women typically cis women let's put it that way i don't know about trans women that's a, who knows <laughs> but anyway cis women tend to like drama type shows more and i think cis men <laughs> tend to like more action type stuff
1: I love action. Yeah. I just don't necessarily, you know, care whether there's killing or not. I mean, Fast and Furious, which you think is stupid, but come on, put on a James Bond and it's just as crazy as Fast and Furious.
0: Yeah. but Fast I've never, and never F- actually watched the Fast and Furious.
1: Well, I remember we were dating, we put on Fast and Furious and you went home. Ah, uh. So you obviously were not that interested in it. But um Fast and Furious, I love them. I love that action. I love I'm perfectly fine with fake action. Yeah. You know, where there's no way it would happen. It's yeah. way over the top. Perfectly fine with me. So I'm and there's no killing and well, maybe a couple people die, you know, in Fast and Furious, but I'm okay without death.
0: I like them when there's some revenge to take place. That's my favorite. I genre. know you
1: you love revenge, but I'm perfectly fine That's why fine my with-
0: favorite movie Two of my favorite movies have to deal a lot with revenge. Actually, well, three of them. But I count The Godfather 1 and 2 as one movie, essentially. So The Godfather 1 and 2, The Godfather, purely a Mm -hmm. revenge-type movie. And then Unforgiven is kind of a justice-slash-revenge movie. I was reading this book about uh, Clint Eastwood yesterday when I took Olivia to the library uh, about Unforgiven. And it just reminds me of what a great movie that is because it's so much going on in there. Mm-hmm. You have this reluctant guy who used to be this murderous, dangerous person who quit alcohol because of this, you know, uh, this woman, this angelic woman who's now that di- who's now died and has these two young children. And then he gets called back into duty by this um, gunslinger who turns out not to be a gunslinger. He turns out to be a complete fraud but he pretends to be a gunslinger and he also brings his partner reluctantly back into the business and these guys used to be ruthless killers and now they can't kill unless i mean morgan freeman couldn't even bring himself to shoot this guy so uh clint eastwood's character had to shoot him william money and then william money who's been off the sauce forever needs to go back in town and kill the sheriff because he killed Ned, who was Morgan Freeman, and then he becomes the devil again when he starts drinking. Mm-hmm. Such a good movie.
1: Yeah, it is a good movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's what's going on here? It says Canada tells Mayor Eric Adams to immediately stop sending illegal aliens from New York City. It says Canadian officials demanded uh, a, in a statement that New York City Mayor Eric Adams immediately stop sending illegal aliens across the border into Canadian soil. So, Eric Adams, we started sending these people, or we didn't, but people started sending Eric Adams these illegal aliens because he was a um, um, they were sanctuary city there. And then turns around, he says, Look, we've had enough of them. He starts trying to send them to Canada. And Canada says, We don't want them.
1: No one wants them.
0: Why is that? Like- if, if New York City is a sanctuary city, honestly, honest to God question. If New York City has determined they want to be a sanctuary city, why don't they want more illegals?
1: I know. Good question.
0: Is it because saying that is purely virtue signaling? Right. That's what I think.
1: It is. They can't afford to feed them or And I understand why them. they wouldn't want them. Right.
0: Same reason I wouldn't want them. But I don't go around saying that we should make Florida a sanctuary state or a sanctuary city. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: I better take this. Right. Well, it's regarding a patient. If you want to. I'm going to have to, so. All
0: right. Anyway, so that's... uh. Eric Adams is apparently uh, on the bad side of Canada. You know, this sidewinder miss. I mean, sorry, you know, these UFOs that have been all over the news now recently. Joe Biden uh, apparently just shot down a spy balloon again, or so he thought. But turns out it wasn't a spy balloon. It was just a weather balloon. But the first attempt to take the, down the UFO, this was over Lake Huron, failed. And it's $439,000 sidewinder missile missed the target. So $439,000 to shoot down something that wasn't even a spy balloon. Think about how much money uh, we were wasting chasing down spy balloons. And uh, this is just one episode of it. They shot down three other spy balloons, quote unquote, but they weren't spy balloons. Uh, And all of this is done because Joe Biden basically is embarrassed because the other one that floated across the whole country before we were able to uh, before we were able to uh, take it down when it got off the coast of South Carolina. So four hundred thirty nine thousand dollars to take down a UFO, which wasn't a UFO. I'm sorry, which wasn't a Chinese spy balloon. This is uh, from The Blaze. It says, uh, Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky has reintroduced a brief bill that would take away the United States Department of Education. The Department of Education shall terminate on December thirty first, 2023, is the text of the concise measure. Massey contends there is no constitutional authority for the existence of the department. I have introduced a bill to terminate the Department of Education. There is no constitutional authority for this federal bureaucracy to exist. Which is true. So he's introduced a bill now to get rid of the Department of Education. I think when most people hear that, they think that Thomas Massey is against education. And that's what people try to correlate departments of education with. Because they'll say, well, you're against the Department of Education. That must mean that you don't want education. Uh, actually, what that means is we don't want educational bureaucracy. I was just reading this article. This is another article we have in here. It says that um, FEMA has has declined to say that this uh, train derailment in East Palestine in Ohio constitutes a uh, response from FEMA because it wasn't from a natural disaster. It was from a, a train wreck. And typically, they respond only to natural disasters like... A a hurricane or a flood or something like that, which is just amazing when you think about it, because if you think about um, what the government is, for instance, FEMA, FEMA exists because we took money from taxpayers who live locally in places like East Palestine, Palestine, places like Tampa, places like wherever Beverly Hills. And we send that money to the United States government, the national government and said, all right, create an agency now that's going to protect us from disasters, FEMA uh emergency federal emergency natural disasters we're going to create fema and then when it comes time when you need it you have to go back there hat in hand and beg them so that you can get some of your own money back to cover this uh disaster and then fema is going to say no it's it doesn't qualify as a a disaster because it wasn't a natural disaster and the same thing with this Department of Education. We take money from local residents and states and uh, cities all across the uh, United States, and we send it to Washington, D.C. to create a National Department of Education, which doesn't educate. It's just like the Department of Energy. Department of Energy doesn't produce energy. Department of Education doesn't educate. Uh, think about it. Department of Health and Human Services basically uh, regulates Health and Human Services, Doesn't pr- doesn't promote or doesn't provide any. But all these things are done on the national level and they're unconstitutional because there's enumerated powers in the Constitution. Um, uh, Kaylee was just doing a a report on the Constitution and the amendments and the 10th Amendment says the powers not delegated uh, by the, uh, the powers not enumerated in this Constitution to the federal government are hereby resigned to the states or the people. But here we go, we have this Department of Education which has existed since when was it, the 70s, 1972 I think, and people just think that if you go out there and you say that we want to eliminate Department of Education, that oh, you're against education. It's back to that point about uh, Governor DeSantis where you say that well, Governor DeSantis doesn't want to have the African American history course, so therefore he's a racist because he doesn't want African American history, when in actuality he just doesn't want African-American history to be covered in a way that is not historical, not about history. When you're talking about the queer theory of blackness, that's not about African-American history. That's about your little niche idea of what you're interested in about blackness or whatever you want to call it. But that's not a general course about African-American history. If you want to study that, you could stay that in your own little course. But to put that in the high school educational curriculum and call it african-american history is just dis, is dishonest but the the cursory reader that would be like oh well, governor Santos is against african-american history therefore he's a racist the same thing about this massey he's pushing to eliminate the department of education they'll say well he's against education all of these governmental programs do nothing but suck money out of local uh local pockets Uh, They enrich bureaucracies. They contribute to a bloated government. And not only that, it'd be enough if they just did that. But what they usually do is they make regulatory uh, measures on the small people, us, the citizens that make our lives difficult, make it more difficult for us to run a business, make it more difficult to us to uh, do different things, um, you know, that are, are just live our lives. I was just talking to a patient earlier today. I said... You know, we purport to live in a free country, but reality is we're not really that free. Uh, you know, we have a patient that needed to have her HSA pay for her membership. And in order to do so, she had to go through, jump through all these hoops and, and we had to document all this stuff. And just so allow her HSA, which is a health savings account, pay for her membership fee. And what is that HSA? An HSA is a way to use money tax-free to pay for your medical care that's all it is and and you think about it so well that's that's you know that's that's necessary you know we, we have to make sure that we pay taxes well why do we have to pay taxes why is it that there's this sudden uh, not sudden but over a hundred years now there's been this desire for Americans to have their incomes taxed where prior to the income tax Act Americans didn't have their income tax uh, their income tax uh, the government was able to do all kinds of things through the constitutional authority of taxation, which existed prior to the income tax act, all of the different uh, excise taxes that the government had and the different uh, levies that were made uh, for for, uh, imports and exports and things of that nature. The government lived within its means, but then we created this income tax act. And now I have to spend time and the patient has to spend time to prove to the government that we should not, we should be able to pay for this medical care without taxes so that you don't have to uh so that we can pay for this uh medication or this medical care with money that hasn't been taxed, our own money. We have to prove to the government that yes, please let me pay for this medical care with my own money and please allow me to use tax-free money and here's how I'm going to show you. That's not a that's not a free country. You know, we don't live in a free country as as free as you think it is. Um, you know, when when you can't uh when you when you can't Write things on the internet when you when you can't donate to certain uh, political uh, activities without having the Hoover's boys show up on your doorstep. That's not freedom. That's not that's not freedom that I want to live under. I want to live under true freedom. Imagine how free would be, how prosperous would be, if the IRS was to go away. Imagine how prosperous would be. Imagine how much less uh, grift there would be if people who make their living off of Washington D.C. And the, uh, uh, the industries that Washington, D.C. basically allows to thrive through taxpayer dollars. Imagine if those taxpayer dollars were instead used by those individuals to do what they wish, to do whatever, and let the markets just flourish. I was watching this thing, um, only YouTube ad I've ever watched full through. It was a commercial on YouTube. And it was for Hillsdale College. And it was about, it was um, Art Laugher. And Art Laffer was talking about taxation, and he was saying, you know, Art Laffer's from the famous Laffer curve, which shows that there's a certain level of taxation at which, when, when you go past it, you don't actually get more money. If you raise taxes too much, you get less money to the government. Anyway, Art Laffer was on TV or on this commercial, and he was talking about how when you tax people and you take, uh, you redistribute wealth. If you redistribute wealth the way that is the the complete redistribution, the income level that you will eventually reach is zero. Because if you redistribute wealth from someone, and it shouldn't be called redistribution, because that assumes at some point it was distributed. Like people got in line ahead of you and got more money than you, and then you redistributed. That's not how money is made. That's not how uh, wealth is acquired. Wealth is acquired uh, initially, at least through labor and work and value. And then you can pass it on to do whatever you want with it. But he was saying, basically, when you take money from some person and give it to somebody else, you incentivize the person from whom you took the money from to make less money because they don't people aren't going to work. So you can take more money from them at the same time, that money that you took from that person and gave to someone else incentivizes that person to work less. So eventually, if you were to make things equal, quote unquote, and and take more money from people and give them, uh, and and, and take the more money, more and more money from people who have it and give it more and more money to people don't have it. Eventually, the income level is going to be zero because no one's going to work. The people aren't going to work so they can get taxed more, and the people who are getting benefits certainly aren't going to work because they have all their needs taken care of. But that's the same thing that happens with government. If you think about all the money that we pay in taxes, think about all the money that you pay in taxes for needless things, so that we can send. Sidewinder missiles to miss their damn target, which is a weather balloon over Lake Huron. Think about all the money that you can save if the Department of Education didn't exist. Think about all the money that you could have us collectively and that we could use for productive things, not sending it to Washington to be wasted. There are a few people that make a lot of money off that, but it's not for the greater good. It's like the broken window fallacy, you know, where you say, uh there's these people gathered around this uh shop and um, there's a broken window. And the uh people are gathered around and they say, Well this is terrible. There's a broken window, someone came and vandalized this business over the night and then one of the villagers says to the other person, townspeople says to the other person, well, if you look at it, it's not such a bad idea. Because, you know, the broken window, sure, that happened. Someone threw a brick through the window, senseless violence. But now someone's got to come and replace the window. And then after they place the window, they, you know, they got to, someone's got to come and clean this up. And then someone's got to come and, uh, you know, reglaze the window. So all this economic activity is generated by this damage. And that's what the government is. Government is a broken window fallacy in a large scale because a lot of people make money but off of senseless uh, destruction. So there's 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 Department of Education, which goes out there and makes education harder to deliver. And they take money from people, but people make money at the Department of Education. But that money could have been used for something uh, more useful. So like that shop owner who had his window busted, they say well that $100 that it took to replace that window is going to go pay for the glass to be repaired, go to pay to clean it up and things of that nature. But the shop owner could have used that $100 to buy his wife a, a sweater and then the wife would have had a sweater and the, sh- the sweater uh, um, and the person who sold the garment would have had a hundred dollars. That would have been more productive. Now all you have is a broken window and the glass maker got a hundred bucks. Same thing with Department of Education, the same thing with these Sidewinder missiles, the same thing with everything the government does on a federal level just about is just a way to take money and use it for nonproductive purposes and make a few people more well off and making you less well off. Think of all the money that you could save if you didn't pay as high a taxes, if you were to invest that in your business or invest that in your family or whatever, or just go on vacation. You know, instead of spending $439,000 on this Sidewinder missile, think if that money was invested locally in an economy somewhere. Everybody would have been better off than this stupid ass missile that missed its damn target because Joe Biden is embarrassed that he let a damn Chinese spy balloon fly across the United States. And so now he's shooting down every damn thing in sight to prove that he's some type of badass president. Anyway. That's all we have for today. If you're in town, come join us at uh, Echelon Health and learn more about our practice. Also, go to drtommy.com slash podcast. Follow us on Rumble. Also, uh, you can watch us on any of the audio podcast platforms. And uh, we appreciate it. And subscribe and share. And we appreciate that, too. So we'll talk to you later. Have a good weekend. Till then, bye-bye.